Good morning, everyone. I thought we'd take a break from uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and the matter of subject of faith um, because I have an exercise about just looking at Luke chapter 15. So we're going to read in Luke 15 and just the first two verses. Then drew near unto Jesus all the tax collectors and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man, or literally this, receives sinners and eats with them. In the previous chapter, the Lord Jesus, speaking about those who make a dinner or a supper, says this, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbours, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Let me say before I say anything else, Christians can only have a total affinity with other Christians. Why? Because they are all part of the same heavenly family. It is therefore perfectly reasonable and understandable that Christians feel most comfortable in the presence of others who have the same purpose in life and the same destiny after this life. However, there are those with whom you and I are linked in life who are not yet in the same spiritual family. But maybe God will use us to bring them in. That's our prayer day by day. There are family members work colleagues, neighbours, other associates and people that come across our paths in a seemingly random way, but maybe not randomly. So what do we do? How do we act and react to such people? Why are they attracted to us in the first place? It may be that we're thinking it just so happened, that they live next door or whatever. Or hopefully... It is that they want to be friendly because we're demonstrating something of God's love towards them in our conversation, our general demeanour, and our particular interest in them as individuals. That's a gift that we need to cultivate. Not talking about ourselves, but seeking to find out in a loving way about those with whom we communicate. So where do we go from here? What have we got that we can use to get closer to them and answer their questions about what Peter puts in his epistle, the reason for the hope that is within us? It's lovely when the question comes, why, why do you live like that? Why, 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 what is it about you that's got that's different. You seem to have a confidence, a trust, a hope, a prospect that I don't have. Well, Peter says, we should be ready always to give a reason for that hope that is within us. But to return to the question, where do we go from here? Most of us have a home. We have food, we have coffee, tea, 
or some other comfort of one kind or another that we could extend to these people. And I suggest if we haven't, there are plenty of coffee shops and such like that could easily facilitate a closer bond being established that we trust will enable conversation ultimately to be about Christ and the wonders of God's love and the real purpose of life. I don't like to speak about us, but please bear with me just for a moment. We were having coffee in our local cafe recently, which we often do, and uh, it's lovely to do so, and sitting on the next table were a couple who were visiting the area. I just don't remember how and why, but we got into conversation. And before we left, there was very clearly an interest expressed by them in spiritual matters. Phone numbers were exchanged and a friendship established. And that's certainly not the only time. We must all, always remember that we're not in the business of trying to fill our churches. We're in the business of helping people to find life, abundant life, in the knowledge of God and his precious Son, our Saviour, our Lord and our friend. There's an unwritten law amongst so many Christians that says our job is to get people to come to church services in order to hear the gospel, and that's it. Well, it would be nice if more came and heard the way of life presented in an orderly manner by someone gifted to do so. However, most people in our country are unchurched. Many are disgusted at the hypocrisy of so-called Christians, and some are even concerned, and I know this for a fact, about the seemingly cult-like behaviour of certain groups of so-called Christians. There's little doubt that in former years, God used gospel meetings and campaigns in churches and chapels and, and other uh, portable buildings and marquees, etc. And he used these things for wonderful blessing. And it still does happen in some countries, even now. How be, however, maybe that's not the case in our apostate country at this particular time. But returning to our verse for today, let's see what it says. Tax collectors and sinners drew near to hear him. Then the accusation from the religious leaders, this man or this receives sinners and eats with them. How absolutely lovely is that? Even though it was an accusation, it was the truth. This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so does he continue to do. And there are those who suggest that we should separate or be separate, and only have believers in our homes? We shouldn't be associating with unbelievers? I wholeheartedly agree that we should be separate from the way of life of those who are unbelievers. We're clearly instructed in the Scriptures so to do, not to be conformed to this world. But that's their way of life, not them as individuals. I would judge that our association with unbelievers is vital. But it all depends on our motivation and how our heart is with the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus was so attractive to those outcasts of society because of who he was and what he said. And when they came to him and heard him, he received them. And he ate with them. God said to Moses, right back in the Old Testament, what is that in your hand? And God used what Moses had in his hand to work great wonders for God's glory and the blessing of the people. Can I ask you, dear child of God, this morning, what have you got in your hand, so to say, that God can use for his glory and for the blessing of those around you? There's a little hymn that says, Must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet my Saviour so? Will you take other people to heaven with you? Will you be an instrument in God's hand of winning precious souls for Christ, bringing those precious souls into a living relationship with the God of heaven and earth and his Son, the Lord Jesus, who went to Calvary to shed his precious blood to pay the debt that I could never pay and to link me with himself for time and for eternity. God bless his word to you today.